Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for June 28, 2023. It's time for our mid-year health check. This is Brian Kirk, and since we're at the halfway mark for the year, we're going to review how the economy has performed so far and share our thoughts for the rest of 2023. We're happy to have Nationwide's Chief Economist, Kathy Bostancic, and Senior Economist, Ben Ayers share their insights and perspectives today. What's been the biggest surprise so far? And what are the key events we'll be watching for the remaining months? Kathy, Ben, thanks for joining us today. Kathy, let's start with you. Take us back to the beginning of the year and tell us what has gone to plan and what has surprised you? Yeah, thank you, Brian. Well, I think what is good about this mid-year health check is that the economy is in pretty good health, better than we expected, frankly. And I think the term most used to describe the current macro backdrop is resiliency. And and it's really even beyond um, just even kind of the labor market, it's what we're seeing with consumer spending and even to some degree, uh, business investment and, and certainly the equity market and, and profit total profits uh, among uh, corporations. And that's good news, right? It is good news that the economy is resilient and 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 has such healthy underpinnings. However, it, it has played out to be stronger and healthier than we had suspected. If you look back over, you know, more than over a year, the Federal Reserve started raising rates in March of 2022. They essentially lifted rates from a zero percent level to where we are right now, um, 5%. Um, that's a 500 basis point increase. That's the, over a very short period of time, uh, a little bit over a year, that's the fastest increase um, we have seen on a monthly basis of the Fed funds rate or the policy rate, really since, you know, certainly going back to post-World War II, so and faster than what we saw in the 70s and 80s, even when Volcker was at the helm of the Federal Reserve. Um, so that led us to believe that we would see a pretty sharp tightening of of credit conditions, credit availability that would uh, negatively impact the interest rate sensitive sectors of the economy, housing, and and to a lesser degree, autos, because autos are a little separate story. We started to see that play out. We saw a, a tightening of of credit availability. Banks were saying that they were tightening lending standards. Uh, we saw the housing market essentially go into um, a recession. Um, housing starts, home sales all falling 20%. We've also saw some slowing in, in overall economic activity, um, even at one point having a technical recession where GDP growth uh, was you know, negative for, for a few quarters. But um, in general, this we were looking for a moderate recession to unfold somewhere you know around the middle part of this year and as we're here at the mid-year checkup that hasn't yet happened in fact we're seeing labor markets remain um very strong we're still creating very large increases in, in net employment you know somewhere you know roughly around 300,000 per month uh, the unemployment rate remains very low um you know at 3.7 percent uh, that is a historically low number and we're also seeing uh, wage growth remain buoyant. It has slowed a bit, but it's remained buoyant. And that um, creates um, income gains for um, for households. 
and that in turn then can fuel consumer spending. So we've seen the labor market strength keep the consumer and consumer activity stronger than we had expected. And, and that seems to be continuing as we exit the second quarter going into to the third quarter. We are also seeing that because of that, that inflation is only gradually um, decelerating. Now, that part is in line with our forecast. We did think that it would be um, just a, a gradual deceleration. But the moderate recession we thought that could start to unfold now, we now see that more likely to take hold actually in, in the fourth quarter of this year, so closer towards year end and, and continuing into the first quarter of, of next year. Uh, but we've always thought that the recession or this hard landing would be moderate in scope, and the data continue to suggest that, that it should not be a deep or hard landing but rather moderate, because the main imbalance in the economy um, has really been inflation. And, and a lot of that is due to the, the post-COVID environment, but also the COVID response of fiscal and monetary policy authorities. Uh, fiscal policy became very easy. A lot of money was pumped into the economy. Monetary policy, they had dropped rates to zero. We're doing quantitative easing. Now, of course, the Fed was doing the opposite, they have raised rates and indicated they they may have to raise rates further. It looks like they will do that in July and possibly even another rate increase. I think that the risk is the Fed Reserve has to do more, not less, because of this resilience of the economy. Again, while that's a good thing, if the labor market stays strong and tight, meaning the unemployment rate is very low and wage growth remains um, uh, quite healthy, that means it's going to make it tougher for inflation to decelerate. Um, and as Chairman Powell uh, said, reiterated this morning at an ECB forum with other global central bank heads, that you know the, the current data suggests maybe the Fed Reserve hasn't tightened policy enough and for long enough. So one way to think about it is we have delayed our recession call, but we haven't canceled it. And and the reason being is the Fed Reserve does more. Banking conditions and tightening of lending standards continue. That means we're still going to get that negative impact on the economy, but there'll be longer lags before that actually happens. But let me, you know, pause. I, I hand this over to to Ben. Maybe he wants to elaborate or, or raise some other issues of of kind of what I guess essentially has surprised us for this you know, last six months. Yeah, thanks, Kathy. You know, agree with everything that you're saying there. You know, I. Yet again, to reiterate what you said, I, I think the surprising strength of the labor market and ultimately that leading to more demand from consumers has really been the biggest surprise. Uh, maybe it shouldn't have been because when you, when you look coming into the year, how many job openings there were and how much demand there still was, maybe we shouldn't have expected as sharp of a, you know, we shouldn't have expected a very sharp easing of labor market conditions. And we haven't seen that so far. You know, we're seeing some things on the margins, but you know, strong labor demand, strong wage growth, and it's still supporting spending into the middle stages of the year. And obviously you said, keeping those inflationary numbers higher as well. Now, obviously one of the bigger surprises in the first half of the year was the emergent banking crisis. Um, you know, seeing some stress caused by the sharp Fed rate hikes. You know, I wouldn't say that was necessarily a surprise that something broke. We just didn't know there would be, you know, some concerns about the banking sector. You know, recently those 
issues have settled out a little bit and, you know, still something to keep an eye on going forward, a key downside risk for us, but it certainly seems some of the risk there has been contained. Obviously, you're keeping a close eye on commercial real estate and what that could mean for the making sector as well, but at least to this stage seems relatively contained, but obviously a key thing we're going to be watching over the second half of the year, because as you mentioned, Kathy, as banks continue to tighten, that just puts more downside risk for the economy, more downside risk for overall growth, and just a greater tightening of overall economic conditions across the board. You know, I think I'll just end with two final points. I think one, a surprise, you know, given all of the volatility and, and given the concerns we had, you know, about the banking crisis, obviously a month ago we had concerns about the debt ceiling, but the equity markets are continuing to do quite well. Again, that term resiliency comes back, um, very solid, strong gains over the first half of the year for equity markets, really, despite a lot of rising you know, concerns, you know, seeing some continued growth in equity markets. Um, but I will say one final thing that went on that hasn't been surprising and um, is a weakening of leading economic indicators. We're seeing across the board that many of those factors, whether it's manufacturing growth, credit growth, obviously the yield curve remains deeply inverted and has gone deeper um, over the past couple of months. All those leading indicators still point to a recession. Uh, and that's, again, why we still have that call likely for later in this year. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate that. You know, continuing on with the health check, you know, we um, we have our stethoscope out, we're listening to the heartbeat, blood pressure monitor cuff and everything, and we're getting the lab lab test back and everything from the uh, blood work. So assessing all that we just checked out there, let's look ahead now. What is our outlook for the rest of the year? I know, Kathy, you mentioned earlier that we have you know, an expectation for another one or two uh, rate hikes from the Fed this year. And can, tell us more about that. I and mean, what other things are you watching for for the second half of the year? And obviously, we're all concerned about the potential recession. So what's the likelihood for a recession? Could it start this year? Would it be maybe next year instead? And what are the indicators you're watching for to help uh, help understand when that could start? Thanks, Brian. I think, uh, you know, using your, your medical analogies, um, you know, certainly we want to, you know, keep an eye, close eye on the inflation, you know, pulse. So the, the pulse of the economy, I think, ultimately is that inflation reading because that's going to have an outsized influence on Fed monetary policy decisions. So whether the Fed raises rates one more time, as we suspect, or multiple more times, I mean, could could possibly, you know, rates rise to 6%, not our baseline forecast, but if economic growth doesn't slow sufficiently. And and one, you know, um, metric, I guess, you know, if, you, if you're doing sort of a, a test of the economy is that um, Chairman Powell has mentioned this, that they want growth to slow below uh, what they say is is potential growth. And, and that means, you know, measurably slower than 2% uh, annualized growth. And uh, just looking at the second quarter, looks like we're lining up to be above 2%. Um, so you really need to get that reading below that. We don't think that happens now uh, in, until the fourth quarter of this year. Um, so we we do look for that a moderate recession. We do look for weakness in the third, in the fourth, and and the first quarter. And some of that is really due to the fact that consumers, um, you know, come September will have gone on their you know summer vacations by and large. You know, obviously not all all consumers across the board are able to do that, but in large percentages, you're seeing still a pent up demand to travel to dine out. 
So that service consumption we think could persist through the summer, uh, but we think come the fall, you know, consumers will have worn down some of their um, pandemic related savings, that buffer. And we do think that um, even though inflation is gonna be slow to decelerate, that as it does, companies are gonna lose, lose some of their pricing power. And you know, inflation, has, let me just say that inflation was not bad for corporate profits. It actually was quite good in, 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 in most respects because it gave companies pricing power that they've lacked for, you know, certainly pre-COVID. Um, and, and that helped with the profit margins. But the, when things go in reverse and prices, uh, inflation starts to slow, that means they lose some pricing power. And we think that has a negative impact on profit margins and eventually leads to less hiring and then eventually increased layoffs. Um, and then that means less income for consumers to spend. And that therein lies like sort of this downward spiral that you, a self-feeding spiral you see for the economy. It began, we think it, it'll be moderate uh, because there aren't large imbalances on the consumer and household balance sheets. So um, I'd say, you know, what we're watching clearly is is the pace of growth um, and, 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 you know, the, the health of the labor market. Uh, the pulse of inflation, and then, you know, what's the the medicine that the Federal Reserve feels it has to dish out for the economy? Um, and there there is this risk if they need to feel they need to go higher, there's always a policy risk, right, that they've gone too far in, 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 in delivering medicine, and then that can have an adverse effect. So those are the type of things we're watching. Um, you know, near term, certainly the employment report looms large, if we come back from the holiday, the Fourth of July uh, holiday weekend, um, and then again, all of those you know ongoing inflation meetings that that we receive. Yeah, you know, when you look at the second half of the year, some really big meetings and big updates that we're we're keeping an eye on. Obviously, the Fed tops the list there. You know, Kathy mentioned we, you know, us and the markets are both looking for a likely another twenty-five basis point rate hike at the end of July. Um, you know, they skipped June. Um, looks like July will certainly be live. And if the data over the next couple of weeks comes in as hot as it's likely to, we're, we're likely to see another rate hike at the end of the July. And of course, from there, it's do they keep going higher? You know, they'll meet again in mid-September. Um, do they decide to skip that meeting as well? We will get an updated summary of economic projections, a new dot plot from the Fed in, in mid-September. So that'll be interesting to watch. And then two more meetings for the Fed after that. Um, we think that by the time we get to November, that likely at that point, we will start to see some of the, the definite weakening and slowing of the economy by that point, enough to the point where they would say, we're probably done tightening. Um, we're not quite on rate cut watch yet, but hopefully at that point, they would say, we've done enough. We're seeing the slowdown across the board, but obviously a lot of data between now and then. And, and as we saw in the first half of the year, things came in much stronger. And if that continues to be the case, certainly we could see some more Fed rate hikes over the second half of the year. And then finally, you got to think about quantitative easing. Do we see any, uh, you know, cut back on the quantitative actions that the Fed has made? You know, right now they're continuing the quantitative tightening, but do they switch that over? Do they have to change policy on that front? So a lot to watch for on the Fed front. Um, obviously, as Kathy mentioned, the Paramount job report every first Friday of the month, and obviously middle of the month, you get the CPI report. Those are really going to loom very large, both for how we view where the economy is going, but obviously what we might expect from the Fed over the second half of the year and into 2024 as well. 
And then I do have to bring up Washington. There is some updates that we could see from Washington over the second half of the year. You know, the the this, this election is not usually a big mover, but there's obviously some thing, things on the line in November. But before we get to that, we have a potential government shutdown at the end of September. There's a lot of key funding, both for the government, um, for the farm bill, those sort of things that come up at the end of September. Just as we saw with the debt ceiling, is there going to be a lot of rancor on that? Does that cause a little bit more volatility as we get towards the end of September? Um, it's potentially something to watch as well over the second half of the year. You know, yet again, I place the odds of a recession as pretty high. Um, I think it's about, you know, 75, 80% chance that we're likely to see a recession later this year. Um, all the leading indicators point in the same direction and suggest that we will see a recession, but obviously the timing on this is very difficult. And as we talked about already, we were expecting that maybe be we going to a recession right now. That's obviously not the case. And so we'll see how things go over the next couple months. Um, but, you know, obviously we still feel that that's mainly the base case of where we're looking at and watching data. We're, we're looking at initial jobless claims, looking at job openings, obviously consumer spending as well, just to see, are we seeing that weakening of, of labor market demand? Are we seeing that weakening of overall consumer spending across the board? And ultimately, is that going to lead to our next downturn? Hey, ben, just to throw another question uh, in the mix here, um, and it's really related to the housing market, uh, because that's another sector that seems to see some revival here, right? Particularly on, on housing starts and new home sales. But how do you look at that and then contrast that with what's happening in the existing home market? And, and how does that potentially complicate things for the Federal Reserve? Sure. You know, we've seen so far this year that just as we talked about resilient demand for goods, resilient demand for services, we've seen resilient demand for housing as well. And then we've seen that mortgage rates have come down a little bit from where they were last year. But even in spite of that, we're seeing a lot of demand for housing, just not much supply. And that's really, I think, in addition to mortgage rates, the main limitation right now is that most people have a very low mortgage rate. And on their current mortgage, and they don't want to trade up from a three to four percent mortgage up to the you know six and a half, almost seven percent, what the current market rate is. And so the amount of supply of existing homes on the market is very low, and that's unlikely to change over the rest of the year, uh, and, and really probably into 2024 until you start to see those mortgage rates come down, uh, particularly if the Fed does start to ease next year. And so when you layer in low supply you know, factoring in high mortgage rates likely over the rest of the year into the next year. And then obviously, if we do see a recession, some people are going to lose their jobs and that higher unemployment rate will act to slow overall um, activity in the housing market as well. So I, you know, from here, I think we're going to still see that shift from the existing home market to the new home market. And that does help support growth a little bit. Um, but overall, I still think activity is going to be relatively subdued until we start to see those mortgage rates come back down to where people would be more affordable to buy a home. Now, thank you for that assessment. appreciate that. The health check is always a really important way to take a pause and look at the factors that are driving the economy and what could happen in the months ahead. And we'll continue to watch things here. But it's definitely a reminder for all of us to eat right and get plenty of exercise. Uh, but we are going to be watching some of the uh, factors that we talked about in the in the podcast today. For example, the July FOMC meeting. 
we're going to do a podcast to give our analysis and reaction to that when it happens. And also next month, we're going to get the GDP numbers for Q2. We'll do a podcast on that to talk about what we learned from that report. Ben just talked about the housing market and uh, give an update on the housing market in July. So make sure you subscribe so you can stay updated and get notified as soon as each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023 Nationwide.